Hello, and thank you for joining us for How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, you really have never seen Princess Minoki, or you really never watched Oh Brother Where Art Thou, or how have you not seen Gladiator? Hello again, and thank you all for joining us. I am your co-host, Caroline Thompson. I'm I'm Carson Betts. I'm here too. <laughs> and this is How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where each week we pick one of our favorite movies that the other hasn't seen. We talk about it. Then we go and watch the movie. And we talk about it more! It's going to be a really good time. Yes, it is. Now, Carson. Yes. Let's just hop right on into it. Yeah, this one's a real crime, right? Best picture winner. Yeah. Uh, period piece epic. Yeah. How have you not seen Gladiator? I feel like this one is kind of like the opposite Legally Blonde of this season because it is just like such a true crime, like a true for real crime. I've never seen it. I don't know. I Again, there's not, I don't think there's a great story with this one. It's just I never got around to it. One yeah. of those movies that I just kind of never got around to. And like, it seems, it, it, it seems both like I will like it, but it is not a hundred percent my shit, you know? Right. No. Yeah. I mean, and, and it really is one of those things where less of like Carson, like what, what inspired you to not watch the movie? And yeah. actually like, I'm kind of impressed. How oh, have you actually yes. not seen the film gladiator? Because you it never is. never woke up from a nap and this is what was playing on FX. Like, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like exactly. you never, like you never were at your aunt's house and just like everyone it, was over and gladiator. just the TV was on and it was gladiator on USA. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I no, I I I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, and like obviously I've seen like tiny little clips of this movie just from like osmosis, like you know, whatever, YouTube videos and shit. Um, but I don't know, yeah, there's there's no great story, no great like like anything to it. I just never got around to it. I never accidentally saw it. It is not a, a movie which is like really been super relevant to my life even in the background like it's not one of those ones that's haunted me that I'm like oh man I gotta see that and like I'm sure I'm gonna like this movie I do we, we're gonna so Caroline we should say this is the beginning of a little series we're doing yeah yes yes in in much the same way that Ridley Scott Sir Ridley Scott himself put out uh two of his own movies this year, the next one, House of Gucci, coming out tomorrow, assuming yeah. we follow our, our own calendar. Um, we are going to be doing the much, much, much harder task of watching two Ridley Scott films and talking about them for approximately two to two and a half hours. That is that is very true. See, Ridley Scott uh, cut, cut, cut Christopher Plummer into a movie in two weeks. And, you know, that was hard, but us getting our schedules together to do this podcast, way more difficult. 100%. Right. Yeah, the man is like, what, 83, yes. I think, and he's putting out two movies this year. Yes. And I know that, like, I, I'm not sure if it was Last Duel or House of Gucci. I know one of them got bumped 
mm-hmm. because of COVID and yeah. like really it should have come out like a year or so ago but like yeah. still the fact that the man still. is this old and within 30 fucking days of one another or whatever it is like eight weeks of one another he's mm-hmm. having two like giant ass movies is is wild and like and we're gonna talk Ridley we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot of Ridley that's gonna the talk point Scott of this, gonna talk of this series Scott. because he is I, I, it's weird because like I I can't say that he is one of my favorite directors because he is so he is so prolific such that he is all over the place like he's put out some like truly truly shit shit movies but he's also made fucking Blade Runner and Blade Runner is like maybe my favorite movie like yeah, and he made Alien which Alien, is a, like, one of my top like top ten for me for sure yeah, is yeah. the first Alien yeah and like. So I, I don't know. And like, I'm sure I'm going to like this thing because clearly it is so, like, it, it is one of those movies that it plays on USA so often because it's one of those, like, critics and fans agree, like, gladiators, a good time at the at the pictures, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that said, um, other than other than yeah. criti- the, the critical and fan consensus, what, what do you know about Gladiator? It's, it's about Russell Crowe is, like, a captured slave in Rome, yes? Yeah. Yeah. And and he wants to be free and he has to lead a revolution, but they're making him fight in the gladiator pits because that's, you know, that good classic Roman revelry. Um, and Joaquin Phoenix is the emperor, I believe. Or he's like uh, a, yes, like a, yes. Yeah. No, and he the, does he's, the he's the Joker, not the He is the Joker. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker and he's making slaves fight in a pit, something that the Joker would do because he's a very rude dude with a very bad dude. And he does the, this is a, a visual joke on an audio podcast, but he does the, eh, down, I don't like it. Thumb. <laughs> the thumbs, thumb the thumbs goes down, down and thus yeah. you are dead, which again, also seems like the kind of thing the Joker would do. Um, but, eh, and, hmm. Do I know anything else about this movie? Oh, I know, I know where you're not entertained. But yeah, I mean, that's right. Yeah. That's yeah, the two thing. memes this 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 film has spawned. That the true, are you yeah. not entertained and the and the and the thumbs down. And the thumbs yeah. down. Um that is mm, probably it, honestly. Cool. I mean, and and that's the thing. And it was I best mean, picture winner. Yeah. Well, it was a best picture winner. And that is both um part of the beauty and part of the insanity that is this movie is mm-hmm. like obviously, 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 there's a lot of like, you know like smaller plot points and like smaller plot beats and like and all of that good stuff um like there's more to the plot than like just that but also this movie's two and a half hours long and there's not much more to the plot than that yeah you know yeah (laughs) yeah and and so like it's 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 very interesting because like we'll obviously talk about this later but Mm -hmm. it's one of those movies that like not a lot of like huge like crazy twists and turns narratively happen but it, every time i watch this movie like it does not feel like you know like there's there's like wasted time in it in my it's opinion one of those um, big you know bloated best picture winners it's not the yeah, artist it's just, yeah it's just it's just extremely watchable cool. um so yeah well with that said um carson if you don't know anything else about it i don't i think it's about time we move into our little game hell yeah let's do it and this week we will be uh, playing an, a, a rousing game of untitled letterboxed game. Love it. Give it to me. For those of you um, at home who might not be familiar, an uh, untitled letterboxed game, I have found three reviews, one star reviews for three different films. 
One of them is the film we're talking about today, Gladiator. And uh, I'm going to read them all to Carson, and he's going to try to guess uh, which which is the review for Gladiator. And um, bonus points if he can guess what the other films are, but he wins if he gets Gladiator. So with that said, Carson, are you ready? I have never been more ready in my life. Okay. Review number one. Aside from perhaps the costumes and sets, nothing about this movie seems authentic to me. It reminds me of a time travel episode of Star Trek where Picard and Data are dressed like Roman centurions. On the bright side, this movie is shot with shaky camera and fast cutting to provide the maximally annoying experience. Again, I, th I don't think this is Gladiator and I do think I know what movie this is. Okay, That's do you want to take a guess on that now? No, not, no, not until we get to the end. Okay, um, the next one. Ridley Scott is such a hack. I mean, it's enjoyable if you turn your brain off, but I have too many complaints about the movie to say that I liked it. The biggest one is the dubious history behind the horse collar and the type of plow shown in this movie. Yeah. I generally abide by the scholarship that the horse collar came much later to Europe and the type of plow shown was even later. This upset me more than the manipulative score, overdone action scenes, and everything that made me want to strangle myself. Okay. <laughs> Okay. And then the third one, this is total dad camp. Every speech about loyalty and respect, you can imagine a whole bunch of doofy guys solemnly and nodding along like, now this right here is history. Okay. Okay. No, I have, a, I have like an immediate kind of my heart's in, in here. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to go for it. I think the third one's gladiator. Okay. I think the third one's Gladiator. And then what the hell is, is the name of the, the Russell Crowe Robin Hood movie? Is that Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? No, that's just called Robin Hood. Is that also another movie just called Robin Hood? Because yes. there's fucking five of them. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the first one is the Russell Crowe Robin Hood is my guess. Middle one, Kingdom of Heaven. No. Okay. Um, damn. So, so you did get you did get Gladiator right. You did hey, get Gladiator. Okay. Right. Cool. 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 Um, the first one was the uh, the recent remake of Ben Hur. Oh. The one about uh, Picard and Data dressed like Roman centurions. Yeah. And the second one where the person was really hung up on the historical accuracy of agriculture, um, that one was the Ridley Scott uh, Russell Crowe Robin Hood. Fuck. Okay. Okay. Well, my head was in the right space at least there a little bit. <laughs> but still, you did. You did get. Uh, you did get the point. You did win did. this did. this week. Win. So congratulations. Um, and with that, Carson, are you ready to go watch Gladiator? Yes. Let's. All do right. It. Well, then uh, we are about to go watch the film, and we will see you guys after the break. And we are back. Are, are you not entertained? <laughs> that was my line reading. Did you like it? I did. I did like That's it. That's how I would have done it if it was me. Yeah, I I, I, I can see that. I can see that. Um, actually, speaking of which, Carson, you did text me uh, did, yeah. in, in the meantime. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute. This sucks. I just realized that I am the same age now as Joaquin was when they shot this. And like, what uh, the fuck? My, my text was, I realized that 
he was my age when he shot it and it put me in physical pain <laughs> like it, it shot a bit of of pain through me because I was just like oh god uh-oh what am I doing with my life oh no well then then we can use that to segue into it um yes. so what are what are your general feelings about the film how did you uh, like it it's like I mean I kind of figured it would fucking rule like that's the thing um right I I have like kind of two prevailing thoughts which is that like one holy shit this movie is like so early 2000s like late 90s like it it feels Mm. the score feels like fucking Pirates of the Caribbean like it is so in line with that um yes it feels very Pirates of the Caribbean is 20% more jaunty than this, but this does feel kind of proto that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I I guess three thoughts. And then, cause then the second one is just that like, and then you you do see like this wave of kind of movies that are clearly ripped. I mean, you get like Troy and fucking honestly, the interest in the 300 series. Like I feel like definitely springs from that. I mean, Zack Snyder straight up stole, like I know shots in fucking Man of Steel and Justice League that he stole from this goddamn movie. Oh, see, that's funny, because I, th- I thought you were going to say 300. And in 300, yeah, I mean, um, yeah. But, I, yeah. Snyder guess, do 300? He sure yeah. did. Oh, yeah, he oh, did. He sure as heck did. He, oh. That boy uh, is the last, the world's last remaining unconflicted Frank Miller fan. <laughs> <laughs> because Frank well, Miller is a weirdo. The only, the only one of those that is not like a like a weird online twitter nazi true yes but yes Um, absolutely uh and then thought three was like it is wild to me that this movie won best picture not because it is in any way undeserving but just because it is it's a blockbuster like it is such it is not it's not a fucking whatever quote unquote like elevated blockbuster like it's not get out where it's you know genre fiction but it's trying to have some kind of social message like it is just a blockbuster like it's it's like it's weird to me that return of the king gets it and everybody's like oh my god an action film one when like glad when three years earlier this movie got it Yeah. yeah No, I feel that. I feel that. See, that's funny because to me, I'm kind of like, oh shit, of course this movie won Best Picture because it's, there's so much pomp and there's so much yeah. circumstance that at the end of the day, it's just kind of like, isn't honor cool, guys? Yes, yes, <laughs> like- yes. <laughs> I, I said, my, my roommate came and I was watching this movie last night and we were like, I was like 15 minutes in. So I was like, I'm watching Gladiator. And she's like, I've never seen it. Can I watch it with you? And I was like, yeah, you want me to go back? And she's like, no, what happens? And I'm like, Okay, well, the thing is, is that this guy just wants to get home. And that's, my guess is that's kind of going to be the whole thing, the whole movie, is that he just really wants to go home. And then it got to the end, it was like, ah, he went home. Like, yeah, like, it's- Exactly, exactly. It is the most grandiose, like, epic, like, trappings on a story that is simple as shit. Like, it is so- No, absolutely. Which is a compliment. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I can be very annoyed by blockbusters that are trying to, like, just- put too much you know fucking zhuzh in the sauce or whatever but it is so yeah you're right it's just like honor is good and sometimes you gotta fight your own battles and like don't be a dick to women and like democracy is better than fascism like like that's the whole movie right no yeah and I mean like that is something that like 
I mean, I think about every time I watch this movie is I'm like, wow, isn't it fun that Rome is just like so nothing? Like, like, I mean, I remember in every theater class like I ever took, and I'm sure you guys will, will um, like feel similarly. Like you spend like six to eight weeks talking about the Greeks and then you do one week on Rome and it's just like Rome kind of sucked. No, like nothing really good happened in Rome. All of the Roman art just ripped off Greek art anyways. Here's like one play anyway. Now we're to like, now we're moving to like Western Europe, like 500 years later. Yeah. Because it's just like, and, and that's something I think of this movie, like I find very endearing about this movie is this film is designed incredibly well. Oh, like, there's yeah. so much detail. There is so much everything. And it doesn't really, like, it is very historically accurate and it is very ornate, but like, like this movie doesn't give a shit about Rome. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's like, like Rome is not this, like, you know, it isn't this, movie about because this is like a weird thing that like weird contemporary nazis get into where like weird contemporary nazis really really like rome for some reason yeah um and it's just like and i'm sure like historians could like really elaborate on that and talk about why that that is but like it's just like you know uh this movie is like no no no, rome's just kind of like generic civilization like insert generic name of civilization here you know what i mean it's just kind of like well the people should rule rome and like that's like really as political as this movie gets other than just like like this man is a little jaded piss baby which is why he like don't give me yes go go i literally i no no fucking joke i was watching it last night and my thing with joaquin was like god this guy's a fucking piss baby like that was the word that kept coming (laughs) to my mind was like what a dumb little piss baby and it's true but like i don't know we can get into this as well i mean i think i i like obviously this is kind of one of the first things that really puts him on the map and it's kind of a universally like acclaimed performance from him and it's Mm -hmm. kind of and you know it's like he is doing this weird very kind of like over the top melodramatic like thing but it really works and it's like i love that the choice this movie makes is not like he is an evil tyrant who wants to like rule the world and conquer all the pe- and like you know conquer every land and like all this stuff like his fucking dad did that he doesn't yeah, want that yeah. he's just mad he never got a hug like yeah. <laughs> it, it is hilarious it, it, you know it is kind of if you think about yeah I don't, I don't, again i think this movie's very simple I, you can read into the pop because it takes place in rome and because rome can be a symbol for so many things and, it, it, and i agree it is weird that we especially in like we've all taken a lot of theater history skipping over you know rome is a big thing in theater history despite the fact that they were around for hundreds of years and owned the entire world like (laughs) it and that is what this movie is about it's like ah yes the last remaining bit of land and then when we take that we've got all of it like (laughs) it's crazy and but you, you know you can dig into the politics of this thing just because rome can stand for so much and because this movie is ostensibly about the control of the Roman Senate, like not really, like it's not actually about like the capital P politicking going on right, in any right. of that. <laughs> but like, 
Oh, it is just so funny. Okay, let, let's just, let's get into Joaquin. I do want to talk about Joaquin. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Many, many times throughout this movie, I did have the thought, and let me put forth, I fucking love Joaquin Phoenix. I know he, I know he's the Joker, and for that, there is a black mark on his record. And if I do see him, I will say, Joaquin, no, 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 you're canceled. You're the Joker. <laughs> but I, I do love Joaquin Phoenix. I, I, I love him. But like, is he good in this? Or is he just like the appropriate amount of weird? I think really he's good, good in this. Okay. I think okay. he's good in this. Because like, there was a lot, a few times it was, because he is, he is so, he's like hamming it up, but in a way that occasionally, I wondered whether or not it was purposeful. Like, I wondered whether or not he was making a choice or if it was just like, no, he thinks he's being really serious right now. You know? That's fair. That's fair. I, personally, I think that one of the reasons that I like it so much is because he never, there is that first scene with him and, um, with him and the emperor, his daddy. And um, there's the whole bit where it's like, he does kind of, play that actual like pathos of just like you know like like I have all of these virtues you don't see them in me you know what I mean like he, like how devastated he is and that part like always kind of gets me and then he kills him and like assumes the throne and like for the rest of the movie a thing that I think Joaquin does very well is he never plays how do I put this? He never plays it as if like Joaquin does not give a, a performance where Joaquin Phoenix thinks that Commodus is right. If that's, yeah. if that makes sense, like yeah. Joaquin is playing it yeah. like, like Commodus thinks Commodus is right, but it's like Joaquin isn't trying to like win over the audience. Like he's sure. not trying to make this character, like he's not trying to elevate the character and make him seem like this tragic hero. Like he is playing him as a whiny little piss baby the whole time. And it's a whiny little piss, piss baby that you can kind of understand the pathos behind. And like, I think he really does serve the film in a way that I don't, I can't say it's bad because of how well it works for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I get to an extent I can't say that it's bad either because it does just, it's a lot, and I think maybe also my problem, it's not, again, it's not even a problem with it, just like the thing I'm getting hung up on with it is that like, it is so out of step with every other performance in the movie. Like, like right, everyone right. else is doing that. Like, fucking Russell Crowe is here just giving me, like, the platonic ideal of just like, tough dude leading man believes in honor. Right, like, like Connie Nielsen is a very straightforward, honorable, wise woman. Like you know, everybody else is just so down the middle, and he is being such a wackadoo in an otherwise, <laughs> you know, like a a pretty like we said, a pretty straightforward movie that is right. There's barely any comedy in this movie, you know. Like it, it is, it, it does feel just so weird, and I mean, it does lend itself well to this film because you do spend the entire time just being like, something's up with Con get him out of here. Like, he's bad. Like, no, right. no. Like, everybody else who runs Rome is like, 
a very seems to be like a very serious like British theater actor like get him the fuck out like this kid doesn't know what he's doing and I do think it works but yeah Phoenix his voice is so weird yes he has such a weird voice it, it, like again I say that in the nicest way possible it's one of the things that makes him such a great character actor but it is such that like he he works as the Joker, like the J- Joker, or like fucking in the Master, or like uh, you were never really here. Like he plays so well as a weird loner because sometimes his voice sounds like he isn't aware that other people are going to hear him talking. You know, Definitely. and it's what ma- and and it's like even when he's playing someone really like in her, like it works in that film because even when he is doing his most absolutely down the middle naturalistic performance, he still kind of comes off like just a little bit of a weirdo, you know, which I think lends itself really well to that film in particular. But yeah, I, I don't know. I like, I'm again, I'm, I'm not trying to shit on Joaquin or his performance mm-hmm. in this movie. I was just. Can I, can least. I jump in here uh, while absolutely. we're talking, while we're talking Phoenix and say that while I don't think this is true necessarily, my letterboxed uh, review is why is Joaquin Phoenix a better Joker in this than he is in Todd Phillips' The Joker? Yes, correct. Well, wait, say that again? Why is Joaquin Phoenix a better Joker in this movie than he is in Todd Phillips' The Joker? <laughs> it's one of those things that's like, okay, but then you think about it, you're like, there's levels to that joke that kind of work. Yeah, no. Um, He's in purple, and I'm like, I got, I just can't. He is in a lot of purple. That's true. Uh, he is in just like so much purple. And and I'm, oh God, he's such a weird, I mean, just the, it's all of his shit with Connie Nielsen where the entire movie, you're just like, well, on, okay. So that's another thing where walks in and she was like, wait, are they like, what's going on with those two? Is like, is he trying to fuck her? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're married. And then the next scene I was like, oh no, they're brother and sister. Nope, nope, uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, he's no. definitely still him. trying to fuck her. Just him, he's trying to fuck her. Just, uh-oh. Like, yeah, uh, that's, it's kind yeah. of a one-way street. It's Ancient very Rome, much a one-way street. Ancient, <laughs> keep the bloodlines pure. It, uh, it, it does, uh, it does remind, this, you know, this movie also made me think of a lot, and like, uh, except for thinking of the Joker, which always makes me sad, was it, it made me think of Game of Thrones and kind of made me sad. Where like that first uh, that first action scene, like the first fight against you know like the Germanic barbarians, was so Game of Thrones was like so like late season Game of Thrones event fight in terms of both how it was shot and just the the overall color palette and kind of the design of especially like the barbarians versus the you know the more well put together Roman legions. Um, right. Yeah. It was, it man, those barbarians. I did also, because again, I like we said in the first half, I knew nothing about this movie. Like I didn't realize that um, that Crow was going to be like a, you know, a Roman general fallen from grace. So it starts, you know, with that opening crawl where it's like, yeah, Rome's about to own uh, the whole world. Uh, <laughs> little did they know there was a little bonus half across the sea that they didn't know about. But, uh, <laughs> but as far as they know, they're about to own the entire world. Um, and then it starts and it's Crow and he's walking amongst his men. And for like, I was so dumb for like a, a hot 30 seconds. I was like, man, the Germanic barbarians are very well armed. Like, wouldn't they be a bit rough? Oh, wait, no, he's Roman. Okay. Like my assumption was like, oh, okay. This is going to be like a, like a, 
Yeah, like it's gotta be that he's like a he gets captured because he's like the leader of a bunch of Germanic people, and then he like leads them to victory. You know, like gotcha, I, gotcha. Yeah, I, I was like a big old dummy. No, he one. is uh, he's uh, the most powerful military man in Rome. Um. Yes, he is. He is the greatest uh, wartime commander to ever exist, and he just really wants to smooch his wife just so bad. And harvest that weed. Mm-hmm. He wants to run his hands along the top of that weed. Like in, like Superman does in Man of Steel. And then I'm pretty yes. sure also again in Justice League. I'm pretty sure he does it twice. Oh yeah, it's 100%. 100%. And I mean, like that becomes a cliche. Yeah. Like as a joke, but it also becomes a cliche in just like, in movies, actually. Yeah. Like, yeah. like a lot of things ape this movie, which I think... You know, I mean, I think Game of Thrones does it. I think, um, you know, I mean, Scott is just so good. I love he's Ridley so Scott. I love so Ridley Scott. He's, he's so, so good, good at his job. job. And yeah. like, uh, I I really, we'll talk about this. Like, I don't know. We'll probably talk about this anytime we talk about Ridley Scott because it's just so true. Like he started out as a production designer and that's one of the things I like about him so, so much is he just gets yeah. tone and like scope and like he uh, he just understands how everything works together. So if you give him a good script, it's just going to fucking rule. He can the man can basically do anything in my humble, humble opinion. It is um, the thing about like Blade Runner, like in particular that I because, yeah, I think I said in the first half this like Blade Runner's one of my favorite movies like it's you know top 10 i fucking love that right right and it is the the thing about it is that thing about scott of his eye for production that like that world has such a fucking texture to it right that you know that's why i will be on youtube and i see like hey like lo-fi cyberpunk radio beats to study and relax to and it's just like stills from blade runner i'll put that shit on sometimes at night because it's just nice like it's just kind of a it's just kind of a zone i want to live in for a while and and you know hey the both of us we i've all gone on record like fucking stan like 2049 but like right i I think maybe with dune is is maybe daddy kind of coming into the height of his powers as a production as like a coordinator of production but like even as amazing as 2049 looks it does not the production of that movie does not stick in my mind quite the same way the original right because scott just has such a fucking eye for that stuff yeah there are there are very much certain images of 2049 that like when i think blade runner 2049 i could probably list five images that kind of like i think about on a weekly basis from that movie but in terms of like the actual like top to bottom like you know i mean it's like in 2049 it's like the the police station is one place his apartment is one place the city streets are one place the place where deckard lives is one place like jared leto's stupid house is one place it's where it's like house with the eye robots. <laughs> right where like in the original blade runner they go to these all these different locales but that is like one fucking movie you know what i mean like that is everything works and i mean i think that's very true here i mean the man just knows what movies like it, it's so like silly to say but it's just like you give that guy a script and he just knows what the movie's supposed to look like and it's kind of like why he has some really weird movies that don't necessarily work and i like every ridley scott movie that doesn't work i think starts from like a funky script well and it's it's i mean and it's the other one we talk about all the time as the one that the both of us don't like 
which is Alien Covenant. Right. Which uh, my problem with that movie is uh, very much. I again, I think the way that thing looks is oh, it's beautiful. Starting from the just the idea of like, okay, what if an android went crazy inside a cave built on an ancient planet? Like, (laughs) just kind of the 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 texture of that idea is so well presented in that movie. It's just that the script is like is, is just me being like Ridley. I don't know if you really had a complete thought about you know much of what you're presenting here it's just kind of right which is and it's always the thing that like I do hear about people that defend both that one and Prometheus a lot is like look I don't know that I need Ridley Scott to have like a definitive answer on his opinions about like humanity and shit I just kind of want to hear him like play jazz with it I'm like yeah okay but like he did that with Blade Runner and he had a much more complete you know, arc in that. And that was 30 years ago. Well, and, and I hate that, like, I, and I don't know, I mean, maybe this is just the nature of online-ness, but like, you know, this, it's coming out a few days after we record it. And like, this is, we're recording this three days after like Ridley Scott blew up Twitter, because again, somebody somebody Wait, yeah, on the press here? tour, you somebody, this and I did not yeah, okay. just, a reporter asked him on the press tour what they ask every director nowadays is like, what do you think about Marvel movies? Yeah, and yeah. then the, the the big name director says, I fucking hate them. And then the internet gets angry. But it's just like, you know. cheesy puts his big eyebrows up and goes, eh, and then, I know. And then <laughs> there are think pieces about it for months. Well, and it's funny because literally two days afterwards, um, they asked Jane Campion the same question and she didn't yeah. get quite as much flack. Um, sure. But like, you know, Scott was a flash in the pan because they did it to Cambian two days later, but um, which is like coming six weeks after Villeneuve, et cetera, et cetera. But like, you know, it is that thing where people were like, Lamau, like Ridley Scott says that like, you know, whatever movie is bad and like, has he seen Prometheus or like, has he seen mm-hmm. Alien Covenant? Yeah. And like, my thing is like, there's like, Lamau, what a hack. And I'm just like, I hate both of those movies. Like, I yeah. really just like both of those. I have tried so many times to like yeah. both of them. Mm-hmm. But like, I still look at them and I go, these are two of the best designed sci-fi movies of the last 20 yeah, years. And like, like, you cannot look at those things and not be like, oh, this is the work of like a legitimate auteur working at the top of his game. Like, right. And it's, and it, yeah. And that's the thing is, it's just like, he is just so good from top to bottom with production that like if his script is good I mean he wins best picture I mean I really think that like and we can we can you know kind of get back to gladiator with this but it's like it's kind of that thing where it's like the only movie I can think of since gladiator that does the like kind of sword and sandals like action epic as like wholeheartedly and like that shouts it as intensely as 300 mm-hmm. um and but 300's pretty like 300 thinks it's a lot smarter than it is yeah and it's right. so stylized like it, it is a right. genre picture whereas this is you know, right ostensibly historical drama right but I just mean that like you know it's kind of like I can think of I don't know, like, I can't think of the last time we got a, like, especially, like, an ancient, like, Greek Rome one 
that was like rise of an empire ew gross um <laughs> no but like but like i mean this is kind of like the last really pretty good one right like because I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking 300 is kind of yeah. as dedicated and as, like, intense as this one, but it's kind of mm-hmm. stupider. And then you kind of have, like, I think you have, like, Clash of the Titans and Immortals. Yeah, you, yeah. Which, like, I was about to say, Immortals, you get, I told, said earlier, you get Troy, like, definitely off the heels of Gladiator. Right. Tro- and Troy is pretty good. I haven't seen yeah. Troy in a while, but I always really liked Troy. That was like, an old, you know, like, TBS middle of the day classic. I don't think I've ever yeah. seen that movie all the way through, but I've definitely seen long oh, bits see- of it. Troy was really Troy was the like for me the uh the tenth grade like hey remember how we kind of didn't actually read the Odyssey in yeah. like in like our world history class but like we uh-huh. kind of talked about it anyway like let's watch Troy. Sure um, really worth though, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, but it's just kind of like you know I think that you get kind of some of the newer ones like Immortals and Clash of the Titans and they kind of think they're a little too cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. 300, like those films feel like they're too cool to like actually do the genre. Whereas mm. 300 feels as like intensely like this kind of film is awesome, but 300's kind of like stupider. And it's like, this kind of does hit at kind of like, I don't know. It just kind of hits at the right time because post this too like you mentioned game of thrones and it's like game of thrones gets you know i mean and it goes off the rails and it's obviously based off books but like a lot of quote-unquote historical like things like this are very much like but it's actually a metaphor for what's going on now yes you know it is the other kind of weird thing about that because and look i mean this thing is 2000 so literally we're a year before the fucking patriot act you know we're a, a year out from from 9/11. right and it does feel like i mean and ridley is he is not a very political or polemical filmmaker i mean most of his stuff does seem to be either about like you know kind of kind of stories about the human spirit or like these explorations of of things that are things that are just very human and about the human experience rather than things that are about communities and society, um, which is why this movie that is ostensibly about the inner workings of Roman governmental politics is really just about a guy yelling about his honor. Um, but it does feel like if this movie came out a year later, it would have to be at least a little bit about, I mean, come on. I mean, fucking we're, it's going right in the Revenge of the Sith times when fucking George Lucas is like, yes, and the Senate is a metaphor for America. But it's also a metaphor for Rome because it was a metaphor for Rome in the 80s. And then it was also a metaphor for America in the 80s, you know? And it it is kind of amazing that, that no, I mean, my socialist ass the entire time I'm sitting there watching being like, ah, yes. Don't we sit at the end of a long, uh, a long empire, which wh- whose collapse is overdue? Like, ah, yes, I, I have read Mark's Swish whiskey, but you know the film does not do that. Never does. Right. No. And and two things. I I think I want to clarify when you say he's not political, you mean like talking about specifically about capital, like government? Yes. Yeah, okay. I, cool. Like Blade Runner is very 
political because it's right. about human as rights. Alien. Like, as yes, an alien, yes, which is about capitalism about, like, and, and sexual you know, while assault. It's and, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. I, yeah, no. All, all art is political. No, I'm of just course, saying, of course. Ridley is not, Ridley is not polemic. He is not about the politics of the day, oftentimes. Like, from what I've heard, Last Duel, also a movie about, oh. like, you know, Me Too and, like, sexual assault stuff, but I, I doubt, I mean, you tell me, I haven't had the chance to see it, but I doubt that that movie is, like, about net like that now it's just about the idea of that as a concept you know i mean i would say that it is very much about that now but it's through it's kind of through the lens of like it's been like this forever mm -hmm. like the yeah, thing is yeah. it is it's less like is it's less like oh we're gonna set the story in like because it's also based off of a true story it is based off a historical like a work of I don't know what you call it when it's like, I don't know. It is based off of a book that is, it's not a novel, but mm -hmm. it is like a historical account. Mm -hmm. um, but it isn't like a, like a scholarship, like whatever, it's like an essay on, book. Yeah. It's like a but, historical nonfiction. Yeah. yeah. Ben Affleck yeah. and Matt Damon got high together one night. We're like, we should write another one. Hey bro, <laughs> but hey bro, it, let's do it one more time. Yeah, and, and it's great. I mean, the screenplay is, it's fucking good. It's really fucking good. But but the thing is, the thing about it is, yes, you are correct, is that like, it is based off of a true story, but it is very much like about now in the way that it's like, that it's like, you know, all the things that people are saying today? Well, they were saying it 800 years ago too. Yeah, and yeah. like, we have been failing and failing and failing in the same way for ever but um it is great and yeah i mean i i think i think you bring up a really good point that i didn't think about about this being just before 9-11 because yeah. like the thing that i was joking about in my brain is like rome is just the bush administration mm -hmm. <laughs> like rome is just like this you, very you and george boring... Lucas could really yeah. <laughs> get together on that one but i mean i just mean like it, it occupies this place of like rome is like the superpower it is not like you know it is not you know in any way shape or form like on its heels you know with this kind of you know like it is not it is not in any way under threat from anything else in the universe and like it's kind of why i think so much of like art history is kind of like yeah the romans sucked because they just copied the greeks you know like what yeah. we were talking about and it's just kind of like rome is this horrifically uninteresting place it's this very 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 like like rich vast empire that like is completely non-interesting because the only people who even had access to like the reading and the writing and what have you were like rich people who owned stuff yeah so it's like all of the art there is boring and the only stuff that was any good is direct ripoffs of other shit that like we are going to study instead. And it's just kind of like Rome is just money. And yeah, like see. that was so I think that's a really good point you bring up because I was thinking about that while I was watching it of just like it is kind of funny. And I mean, like, obviously, if you want to make a gladiator movie, it has to be an ancient room because that's when yeah. gladiators that's when the gladiators happen. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, it's like it's like that I understand. But it's just like, you know, it is kind of that thing of like, why is this movie about Rome? But then it does kind of get to that just bigger point of just like, well, both bigger and smaller point of just like, it's an honor and being an OK person and just like caring about your family and your friends isn't yeah. that the best thing we can all do 
maybe I will say the only part of the movie that made me kind of cringe a little bit. I, I don't know. I kind of love it just because it's so fucking like, yeah, this is a movie, of course, that would happen. Where it does like drive home the difference between our two, like our protagonist and antagonist by it's like, ah, and here's the scene in which Joaquin Phoenix is going to try and sexually assault his sister. And she's, and guess what? She's not into it. And then the very next scene when Russell Crowe is going to be a pretty cool dude. And she's like, we should kiss before you go. Like, No, exactly. Like, like I was kind of thinking a very similar thing in terms of like, you know, there is that moment in the beginning when it's just like, they, they have that line of just like, oh, like you and I were like very close once. It's like, <laughs> yes, once a long ago. And it's just like, you get, you get from that. You're like, oh, really they smooch. That, but, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, they super did it. Like they, they totally did it. Did. And then like two scenes later is that first time when they're back in Rome and Commodus kind of just like, will you stay with me, please? Like, will yeah. you stay with me tonight? And it's just like, eh. And it is that thing. Like, I'm just like, no, dude, that's fine. It's cool. Of just like, just like Maximus. Mm -hmm. uh, Marcus Aurelius loves him. Marcus Aurelius's daughter also loves, loves him. him. Everyone around him thinks he's super cool. The senators love him. Uh, and then it's just like Commodus. Marcus Aurelius, nah. His sister, yeah. nah. Nope. Everyone around him, nah. Nope. The senators, like, nah. <laughs> it's never just kind before of in thing. history. Like, I mean, it's it's fucking it's you know the other thing I I like I like Rome I think it's very interesting. The more I learn about Rome, the more I think I'm like it's kind of crazy just how much of the world they fucking ran from like one city. You know, like it's it's right, wild right. How, and how it is just like it's very it, to me it's very fantastical and kind of the high fantasy sense is like in every medieval like in every medieval Dungeons and Dragons campaign there is a like ancient empire that once was like Lord of the Rings is about like oh man there were the, the, right, ba right, the, right. the battles that we fought long ago were so much more crazy and so much more important and so much more world ending than the one against Sauron like this is but a pale imitation and like Rome is the real life version of that like hey England you think you have a fucking cool empire oh the sun never sets on the British empire try being fucking Rome yeah <laughs> Rome ran everything like literally everything and like and there's a lot of moments in that that I mean it's, it's part of that fantastic production design where it is just like there are times when I sit back and I think oh they have tigers wait they have tigers in Italy how did they get <laughs> tigers to Italy and it's like oh yeah because they run everything and and they can just be like oh hey catch some tigers bring them here what where yeah. from from Africa or India wherever I don't <laughs> care who, who, we just need them get them here you know like, right I will say there was less gladiating than I thought that there would be. There's only just a few, a few good. I mean, it was great. Like I loved every scene of it, but there was only basically once he got in with, is, is that character Proximo? The guy who, <laughs> the guy who owns him. That's yes. Proximo, right? Yeah. 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 Once he like falls in with Proximo, once he is uh, bought by Proximo, Jesus Christ. Um, I did kind of think, oh, so the rest of this movie is like kind of a, uh, like a cool sports team has to has to get bigger and better and better until finally they can go all the way to state and then it's, it's state, the longest like, yard but it's blood sport yes exactly <laughs> like I kind of thought that's what it was going to be but then it was immediately like ah no you've been invited to Rome like come come back to the city 
Right. Well, and I mean, like, it is, I mean, that is a very good point. And it's like, I think that, I think that's to the movie's credit, because I don't think you can really do a movie that is just like, hey, you know, our cool badass character who got sold into slavery? Well, want to see him be a huge badass and murder all of these other innocent people? (laughs) And it's just like, so yeah, so it's like the big one is, you know, against, against tigers and, um, and against the, the, the bear guy. Yeah, I the, guy like who, the bear hat guy. The guy, the guy's helmet is a bear, and then he gets ready to fight, and he flips it down, and there's a guy in like a, another guy face. Right. It's like the bear is eating a guy, and he is the bear. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And yeah, and it is all about like I mean, it's always him fighting the circumstance, and it's like you know he he you know rightly spares spares everyone yeah. he can, and yeah. Um, does the whole, I mean, just the visual, I mean, it's a fucking meme. I mean, the reason that I think Joaquin is so well remembered in this movie, honestly. It's because of the uh, down, the down, the down the meme. The yeah, because yeah, yeah. of, of the bloop, like, but like the visual language of that, they don't really have to explain, you, you know, they don't need to do their like, here's our like five minutes on Roman history of like everyone in the crowd, kind of like the mob controls the, you know, either they're chanting live or die. And then, you know, he gives them the, either the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Like that is, it's such a simple idea and it's communicated visually so, so well that it's like, oh yeah, okay. This is, so this is how the gladiator arena works. Like, duh, of course. Yeah. Oh, I I would say, I was just going to say, uh, speaking of like the amount of gladiating in this movie, something I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed was I I was expecting a bigger Mm -hmm finale i i think because i so many blockbusters now have like we've talked about numerous times on the 75 9-11s exactly (laughs) and i was really struck by it just being like a really cool sword fight that it yeah it seems at least like russell crowe and joaquin phoenix both did most of if not all of i was like oh that's just broadsword these are yeah, just yeah. these are just fucking theater kids mm-hmm. having like the time of their lives hitting yeah. each other. And right. I, I really I I really liked a lot of the combat in this movie, but the finale mm-hmm. especially was not what I was expecting, and I thought worked really really well. It's so you're right, Corey. It is, and it's so simple, and you do almost expect it to be because we've had these like increasingly escalatingly more intense fights you do think it's like okay it's either going to be he's got to fight the emperor but there's also like 10 other guys and like the soldiers are going to be after him or like okay there was two tigers well now there's a tiger a bear and a shark and he's got to like figure out a way to deal with that but it really is it's like it's just a fight between the two of them there is one like extenuating circumstance which is that he got stabbed in the side before like that's the only thing that's like really changed it at all but otherwise it's just this it's what probably the shortest fight in the whole movie I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I would oh, definitely. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, I think it, it's a couple, it's a couple things. Um, we were talking about this um, on, on our Patreon. Mm. Um, cool. When it. we talked about the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man um, is when it's just like a very similar thing that you're talking about, Corey, is you're just like, Oh, like so many like action movies nowadays. It's just like, everything has to be bigger. Everything has to be bigger. But we talk about in that episode, how um, like, about how much mileage it gets like that film specifically gets out of just like people being there to witness it so it's not necessarily like all of these people like all of these hundreds of thousands of people in this giant city are in danger 
and like, you know, you have to fight off a hundred million people to save all of them. Um, but it's just like, when there are all of those people there, it's not just about will Maximus live. It's also that thing of and every eye in Rome is on this. And so it's like, and it means something because like they are literally fighting for the, like, you know, again, in a very broad general kind of nonsensical sense, like they are fighting for the fate of this empire. And it's like all of those people there have a stake in it. And it's like, it raises the stakes like that. And I mean, I also think it is just a good job too. Um, it just kind of shows how much stake setting the film does throughout the whole thing with just like, almost to like a comedic effect. It's just like every single person in this movie has a reason to hate Commodus. And every single one of those people is also being helped by Maximus. It's like, you know, like uh, the sister is afraid for the life of her son and she's also in love with Maximus. And also the senators are going to be like banished and like dissolved if it's not for Maximus. And also Jaiman Hunsu's character is like his very good friend who is like sold into slavery unless he gets freed and so it is just this thing of just like all of these all of these threads is just like and if Commodus goes away then like it's all good and so it yeah. is just that thing of like even when it is not so like bluntly stated throughout the film like like they don't have to have a thing with um Russell Crowe and Jaiman Hunsu or he's just like he's just like well I sure would love to go back to my family but unfortunately the emperor is alive it's like you know yeah, but you you, yeah. you understand that like Commodus is bringing gladiating back like that's why they're all fucking here and so I think that it is also a testament to the movie just being good in that way and like this movie is kind of meandering's not the right word but just kind of like all over the place like as you watch it there isn't like that yeah. central there isn't kind of that central like screenwriting 101 thing where it's like you know minute five a bad thing happens and then like you know it it isn't like oh we have to defeat this one guy in order to stop the bad thing from happening yeah. it's just kind of like oh man like Rome in the broad sense is yes. like is suffering. Yeah. yeah. And it's just kind of like, what do we do about it? And it's not like minute five where it's like, well, if we kill Commodus, everything works. But it, you know, it is just that thing of yeah. Like, Maximus yeah. is basically a is a fairly I mean, not a not a he's a fairly flat character. Like he doesn't change. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. All. I mean, like you could make an argument, I think that like the beginning of the movie, the big change is that. Marcus Aurelius is like you got first off an insane scene that like is great and delivered with a lot of you know good joie de vivre but kind of made me giggle because it's like I have one request for you you need to fix the entire government do you think you can do that for me I know that so far you've basically just been a soldier but you know I you've got a good head on your shoulders I think you can do right, it right like and and he's like uh no and in the end of the movie he's like uh i guess i <laughs> maybe but like well and it's, it's just like it's just like changes it, it, well and and the whole thing too is it's just like at the very end it's just like there was once a dream of rome mm -hmm. let's realize it dies and it's yeah just, yeah like, what does that mean <laughs> well, i love the i love the archetype of a character who's like 
you know, like who, who is the leader who realizes that it's all bullshit? Like he's at the top so long, he eventually realizes, oh no, what have I done? You know, right? like, and it's literally, he's like, ah, and I've conquered the last inch of the known world. Wait a second, should I have done that? Was that a good idea? Like it's, it's oh, hey, you want a Patreon plug? I, I think it's a real toss up as to how much of the December Patreon episode is going to be uh, us, it's going to be a big Marvel dump, that's for sure. And the other half is just going to be Caroline and I talking to Messiah because I know you're reading that right now. It sure I mean, is. It's, it's, it's Marcus Aurelius' it's Paul in that book where he's just like, wait, should I have done that? Was that a bad idea? Uh, oh, but yeah, it's it's great. This movie is very good. Um, I also want to shout out Jaiwan Hansu, who is an actor that every time he shows up, I just am so happy. Like he yes. he just brings he just brings such fucking such such a good flavor to everything he's in. That guy's awesome. He gets like all the good jokes in this in this movie. A, a movie where there are really not that many jokes. Like right. And he, I like that the movie basically ends with him. It ends with him burying the the figurines. And yeah. there is that like unspoken thing between the two of them where it's like, oh, we are from vastly different parts of the world. Our cultures and rituals are probably as different as they could possibly be but there is just this like common understanding amongst brothers where they're like ah is that how you guys do religion okay interesting i'll honor that you too man all right cool and then they do the the predator <laughs> to like bro fist in the middle you know like you know like it's first great. of all how dare you that's predator predator it's not predator two it's it's predator one it's predator one <laughs> um yeah Jemin Hansu very good Connie Nielsen also very good I mean this is like I mean this is why she's appalled him Wonder Woman is because she's just got such she's got such a that, like that like classical you know woman in power you know she's got she's just got that stance you know she definitely stands so upright it's great definitely yeah yeah and no and I mean you're right in that that bit with Jemin Hansu at the end is lovely because so nice. um like, I mean, it, it, you know, it's it's just like the simplest thing, but it is just that inversion of like the first time he talks with him, it's just like, you know, like you're going to see your like wife and son again, but not today. Like you, not today. like you have not like, today. you know what I mean? It's like, it's like yeah. you can't die right now. And it's just like, and it's just that nice thing of just like, oh, like I'm going to see you again, but like, but not today. You know not what today. I mean? It's, not and it's today. like, and it's like, at the beginning, you know, the Soul first time smile. it's it's oh. that it's that like that harsh reality of like no 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 like shit isn't done here like we've yeah. got we've got fucking work to do and then the next time it's like ah yes and like now our work is complete which is why I get to go home and do my peaceful thing and that's a nice not today yeah. so yeah I mean it is just that that very that very simple but very effective bit and he just sells it he's so like so good. he's just so like like at peace saying it he just like looks up at the stars and it's just like my friend's looking down on me and like yeah he helped me get here dude's got just like, like perfect vulnerability wait just guys being dudes just guys being just like slave gladiators being dudes like how wait caroline have you have you seen 2016's serenity no i have not i have not okay not. i don't know i don't even know if that's a movie that's gonna warrant a patriot episode that might just be like we're together and drunk one time and I'm gonna make you watch that okay. but Jaiman Hansu is in that movie and he's like the one person in the movie where I'm like why is he a real person and everyone else is a goddamn maniac like 
Like he's the only one in that movie who's like actually kind of playing things straight. And uh, and it's 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 he's actually it's he's a great presence in that thing because it's like okay good we just like need someone here to like for the audience to latch onto, right? You know? uh, uh. This this thing is good. I do think probably him staying that today is what won the movie Oscar. I mean honestly, like what a good like the movie just goes out on such a high note because of that, right? You know? Right. Even though yeah, even though like your main hero dies, it is like the good like. He did everything he wanted to do, which was just go fucking home. <laughs> he wanted to kill a guy and go home. <laughs> yeah. I did, before before we finish up, I do want to say, you know, because and, and also anytime Rome stuff comes up, I just, because we're theater nerds, I think of Julius Caesar, which is maybe my favorite Shakespeare play. Maybe. I, do, I like that one a lot. Um, That's but a I, take, but I'll respect it. That is I a mean, take. Is it a take? I like it a lot. I know mean, it's just, not. It's not as hot as a. I like the. Pop. But you've also been in it too. You've also That's been true. in it. That's true. So. That's true. Yes, I was. I was. Yes, I was. So were you in that, Carson? I was. Um. I was fucking. I was. Uh. Um. What's his name? <laughs> I can't remember his name. Um. Uh, um. Uh. You're one of uh, the Mark leads. Anthony. Right? I was Anthony. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I was Mark were. Anthony. Um. I would love to do that again. That's also a play that I want to play. At different parts of my life, I would love to play every male lead in that. I'd like to do Anthony, Brutus, Claudius, Caesar. Like I'd love to, you know, one of those one of those theater dreams of mine. Um, but you know, there's obviously a big part of that. The whole fucking fourth act of the of the thing is is the speeches, is the like, well, we need to we need to tell the common folk. Uh, so you know, your guy here did Friends Rome, huh? or no, not Friends Rome's Countrymen. Uh, which one did I do? What's the, whatever. It's been a minute since I was at that. Um, that was like five years ago. Yeah, it was a long time. That was the year after the after the 2016 election where every theater every company theater in the world did Caesar. Caesar. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Everyone was like, we need to, and it's not about Trump. It's, it's just Caesar is wearing a long red tie. <laughs> yeah. And he um, keeps saying bigly all the time. Yeah, it's just like bigly, Rome, <laughs> bigly. But like, I did I did think like the aftermath of this movie is definitely the one senator, I don't remember his name, but the senator that's there at the end who, you know, Maximus is like, go fix the country. You can do it now. Free the slaves, fix the country. It's like he leaves the arena and like the plebeians are all like, what the fuck? Is the emperor dead? And he's like, friends, Romans, countrymen, let me give you a long speech about the political implication. No, it's fine. We get it. It's good. Like, yeah, we're glad you killed him. Like, that guy sucked. Like, the people would need no convincing as to, right. like, no, they would not be concerned at all. They're like, yeah, that guy was a weird, incestual, like, little piss baby. That's okay. We, we, you don't need to tell us. We're good. Uh, well, good movie. Good movie. Yeah. I liked it. The, the only two things I have left to say is, um, uh, Commodus really does say drain the swamp. Not like literally, but there's the moment of just like, of just like, we need to free them from all of these, like, like we need to free my empire from all of these politicians. And I'm just like, wow, he really did kind of say drain the swamp, huh? <laughs> and then also um, a very funny thing is uh, so much of this music was familiar to me because I've heard it so many times while playing D&D. Yeah, yeah. It's like, there are so many of those like playlists you can find on uh on spotify like pre-built like combat playlists and stuff and the soundtrack is always on there yep but very true, yeah very true. good movie person do you have any final thoughts about gladiator um you know what i'll just round it all up and say uh Joaquin phoenix should have played anakin skywalker oh could you imagine 
Could you imagine? Would have been better. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. Then again, that that is a conversation for another day. But I have, uh, I mean, I don't even think it's that hot of a take. I no. think so much of why Christensen is bad is the script, but also, yeah, like, yeah. nobody could. I don't think anybody could have done it. He could have been hotter though. Like that's the thing. Oh, that's yeah. the thing that I think I I don't think um, enough straight boys give give credit to is uh, that uh, the prequels could have worked thirty percent better if Anakin was just really hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the thing that works about the sequel trilogy is that Adam Driver's so hot. It's why, right. you know? Yes, like, exactly. It's the, in Force Awakens, he takes off his helmet and the surprise is like, wait, this guy's kind of hot. Like, wait, right. wait a second. <laughs> why is this guy so hot? I know, sense. I know so many people who are just yeah. like, who are just kind of like hot for Kylo Ren. And they're like, I know yeah. he's bad. I know he's bad. I know he's yeah. bad. He's, but like, he's a genocider. I know but it, like, but... but like, also like, uh, and it's like it is yeah. that thing where it's like with Anakin is it's just like it's like no this guy sucks yeah it's like, he just sucks why do Padme like him he sucks and 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 a key distinction is uh I don't think Hayden Christensen is necessarily an unattractive man they style um, him so poorly but he is not hot like he is not hot in that movie no. and he does not he does not play like what a fascist but pretty yeah. you know <laughs> hey they're they're bringing him back He's got a know, second chance. Do you think maybe he'll, now that he's all burned up and gunky, maybe now he'll? I really think that, assuming the directors are good, I really think that he's going to, I think that he will be a lot better in this. Than... I mean, he's got it. I mean, it's not like he can be any worse, but like, right. I, I yelled, basically like all caps yelled this to you over text when the news first came out about it. But like, what is, Darth Vader doesn't, he sounds like James Earl Jones now. Right. Like that's right. Yeah. like are they just gonna stick Hayden Christensen in the suit and then not use his voice? Well like, so what what they might, so they might put him in the suit because they did put him in the suit in Revenge of the Sith, which is why Revenge of the Sith marketing Darth Vader is so much skinnier yeah, than like than than old timey yeah. Vader. Which is fine. And also like that was done at the behest of Hayden Christensen because he's like he's like, No, you're putting me in the suit, which like yeah. so much so much kudos to him because I if you cast that. me as Darth Vader yeah. and you're not letting me get in the suit, like I'm fighting you. Yeah. So it's like of course like, and you're not gonna put me in the buns, like come on. Right. Like know? so so like good on him on being like no, 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 You cast me like you're putting me in the suit. So I could see them putting him in the suit, but I also think too, they will probably have like a, like a, like a forced mind meld thing where like Ahsoka like looks at him and still sees the Anakin in him. And like, they probably do like, like the, the, the Ray, um, like the Ray Kylo Ren, like across like... the universe communication. And like, she's probably going to see him as, Anakin in that Clone Wars. The Gladiator portion of this episode is over. By the way, I just right. <laughs> I was gonna say Gladiator. Still, it's we we finished it. Uh, I, I mean, why to... why wouldn't you even say that? Like you say that, like they're not entertained. Like they're are, are they, they not, not entertained? entertained? <laughs> by our Star Wars takes. If you like this conversation, visit Patreon.com/slash/hynsp. All it is. I just uh, I'll leave on this and then I'm done. Because Ahsoka Tano is going to be in it. And I know who that is, but like, I haven't watched the fucking Clone Wars. I mean, I watched the the Jenny Tarkovsky one because those are cool, but I didn't watch like the CGI one. Right. And like, if this show requires that I know about Clone Wars canon, I don't think I'm going to watch it. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to, 
I don't think I'm going to watch it. I mean, I haven't watched Mandalorian yet either. Like, I this is this is you know. Oh, I'm so happy Disney. I'm not alone in that. I've tried twice. Yeah, I, not... I haven't. I haven't even tried. It's just like, if it's bad, it's going to make me so like. Here's the thing: I, the place where I'm at with Star Wars, which is like post Rise of Skywalker, is that that movie was bad. Was bad in a way that made me like sad. Like mm. I like I was legitimately emotionally like in a in a bit of a dump about it for like a day because I was like, oh no, like they they goofed it. And I'm at a place where if like anything Star Wars I consume is even anywhere near that level of bad, I am just like in such a weird, like I get legitimately upset about it. And I am like, life is too short for me to be upset about Star Wars. Like a true, hey, hey, every like shitty dude on Twitter, life is too short to be upset about Star Wars. So like, I don't know. I just might not, I don't know. I just might not do it. I just might say, uh, you know what? No, thank you. Sorry, they're going to announce an episode 10 in 10 years and we're going to be their opening night. Anyway, with that, Corey, our fantastic producer, would you like to tell all of the beautiful three people who are still listening to this episode (laughs) where to find us on the Put a stake in the heart of this one. Yes, I would. Uh, If you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review really helps out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash H-H-Y-N-S podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Instagram at H-H-Y-N-S pod. Special thank you to our patrons, Caitlin Matthews, Stephen Woosley, and Nihar Fodke. If you'd like a shout out on the show and bonus content, I really cannot emphasize enough. If you liked the last five minutes of your life, go to patreon.com slash H-H-Y-N-S pod. That's all it is. You're gonna love it. You're gonna get gonna so it. much of that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For a dollar, you get to hear me and Caroline talk about fucking Lays Guns and Dune for like fucking 30 minutes. No, for like five hours across like <laughs> four different episodes. So Curtis gonna be better. Uh, so be yes. Fire. When you finish Dune Messiah, do we just need to like do like okay, we're just gonna do Dune Messiah for an hour? Do we just talk to you? We might yeah. have to talk to Dune I'll, again. I'll let you guys record that one. On Corey your won't be in the room. We'll do it without him. He doesn't need to be yeah. there. Every six months, I'll finish the next book in this series. Yeah. Oh, um, it's a book club. You can well, you can take six months to read Children of Dune like I did. That one went a little slow for me. That's also the one where I went, uh, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Pulling out. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you guys. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, Caroline, do you want to know what we're doing next week? I would love to know what we're okay. doing next week. So we said we're continuing Ridley Scott. It's Ridley Scott month. Uh, we, you know, we're sandwiching these between Last Duel and House of Gucky. And uh, we're doing Ridley Scott's 2015 sci-fi. Uh, comedy question mark we'll talk about that a lot I'm sure uh the Martian Ooh, with Ooh. Matt Damon Matt Damon the, <laughs> the second film in two years in which Matt Damon plays a man that's stuck on a planet alone that's true that's true and Jessica, Jessica Chastain, Chastain. Has save him yeah <laughs> yeah it's so crazy weird bit All of right. typecasting but okay mm-hmm. all, all right. right see you well, next week yeah we will see you guys next week when we talk the Martian